Good morning. Good morning. Welcome morning. to the Sunday Recap. Good morning, friends. <laughs> this yes. is this is Chris McLaughlin here with Ariel Eldridge and Mitch Green. Mitch Green. Yeah. Mitchell Anthony Green. Hey. There it is. There's the Easter egg for this episode. Yep. That's Mitch's my middle, middle name. name. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, that means that your initials are Mag. Yeah, I know. Can I call you Magpie? Yep. So. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You guys don't play Dungeons and Dragons, but you know, in Dungeons and Dragons, your middle name's really significant. Oh, really? Play yet? Okay. Oh, goodness. Got okay. any Dungeons and Dragons fans out there? Find me on Sunday. Let's nice. chat. Oh wow! <laughs> I didn't know you could be Christian and play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> that happened in about the year two thousand. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> After Harry Harry Potter got accepted, you could read yeah. Harry Potter oh, books okay. too, and okay. then Dungeons and Dragons kind of was lumped in there. And <laughs> okay. Thanks, Mitchell, Anthony. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. Um, well, we're talking about friends today. We are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah friend requests. Um, this is the third sermon in uh, Scott's series uh, called Friend Requests. And he was talking out of Proverbs 29, 25, which really was talking about the fear of man over the fear of God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so in this passage... He, he took a little time to unpack what this passage was saying and then really pointed out three pitfalls of a people pleaser. Pitfalls that basically it's when we try to please other people, we're going we're gonna to run into these things. So it's the first was that we're going to miss God's purpose for my life. The second is that we're going to make God small. And the third, that we become exhausted. And so um, I want to just take a few minutes to unpack these pitfalls and then really get into some nuts and bolts around... Um, really how God helps us to 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 really please him day after day. So um, so let's just unpack the first one here. He says, when we try to please people, we miss God's purpose for our life. So so let me ask you this. what um, what what's the first thing that you think of when we hear that 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 phrase like God's purpose for my life or we'll miss God's purpose for my life and things like that? Yeah, I think of the is it still the second most selling book? To the Bible, oh, I don't know. Yeah. At one point, it was. So yeah. I think mm. of Rick Warren's purpose-driven life. Oh yeah. Um, and and again, I think of that, but then I kind of think of just this idea of when I, you know, when you're a teenager, that you got kind of this one shot, you know, this YOLO moment to like kind of try to live the purpose that God has for your life. Um, I love and that if you, you miss it. Yeah. You date the wrong person. You make a you you know you eat the cheeseburger you weren't supposed to eat you know you take the red pill over the blue pill mm-hmm. you sleep in too then, late yeah you sleep in too late you sliding missed doors it. yeah and you just are constantly fighting to try to get that back right um, I think also you know just kind of the personal struggle of my purpose for my life being morphed with what God's purpose for mm-hmm. my life is mm. um, those are those are kind of the first things I think of yeah definitely. Let's go back to the first one here, because I mean, I mean, is that is that really the way that it's that it works out? Like, I mean, is there just like this kind of determined set thing that we're supposed this plan that we're supposed to follow? And we just got to like make sure we don't sin and follow the plan, and like, how does that all work out? Well, God's word does say that He has works planned in advance for us mm-hmm. to do that we may walk in them. Yeah, it's and a, so Ephesians two ten. I love that you know that. <laughs> so I think that there is this amount of us partnering with the Holy Spirit to walk in in the plan God has for us. But mm-hmm. I, I don't see it being biblical that we could miss it and that it's like, you know, 
make a wrong turn and it's gone right. like a wisp. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's as nuanced as we make it seem sometimes. Yeah. You know, that there's this pre- like that there's this pressure, you know, and there's people that are on the other extreme. You know, I, I met a guy once who he, he kind of changed his theological viewpoint as his life went on. Mm-hmm. But he's like, when I was 20, I was very much in this position that like, God knew exactly everything that was going to happen to me. So I just decided I was going to eat whatever I want. Yeah. You know, just like for 10 years, I just ate anything. Cause I was like, cause God, God has a path for me. I'm like, okay, no, there's, there's a little bit of a partnership there that I think <laughs> like, we're take missing. Take care of yourself. Now at 40, he's changed his mind. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's not as nuanced as we want to make it seem. It's not every minute detail that yeah. we make. Um, that can radically change God's direction for our life. And I think that's kind of what we're going to get to because um, when we think that way, we are kind of saying that that stuff matters <laughs> at this God level detail. Right. That the cheeseburger that I'm going to eat is going to alter the universe. Yeah. I mean, and we're making much of ourselves. We have to get back to the question what really is God's purpose for yes. our life? And, and I think the Westminster. Um, uh, shorter catechism does a really good job of, of pointing this out because, um, and this is, I mean, right out of scripture. I mean, you look at, um, like, it reminds me of like Philippians 2, where mm-hmm. Paul is writing this letter from prison and he's talking about, like, um, you know, he, his desire is that he would die and go and be with the Lord, but he knows that he's here on earth for a purpose. And he's like, basically, he, he, he comes to the place of saying, you know, whether I live or die, let it be all for the glory of God. And so the Westminster Shorter Catechism picks up on that that idea and says the very first question, it's what is the chief end of man? In other words, what is the purpose of life, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, it's to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. So and that, I think that's a major um, shift in our thinking um, at the end of the day, because, you know, so often we start thinking that the purpose of life is for us to, you know, it, it's tied up with like what you're saying, with the American dream, or, mm-hmm. you know, we just got to keep up with the Joneses, have the house, be healthy, wealthy, and wise, all that sort of stuff. But what what the scripture is really telling us is that the purpose of life is to bring glory to God, and that could happen in our, in the good things that happen in our life, but it can also happen through our own suffering. Mm-hmm. It can happen through mm-hmm. our death. Um, that that all of those things in some way or another can bring glory to God. Yeah, and so I, and there's just two parts to that that you described. There's this bringing glory to God, mm-hmm. you know, so how do you do that? Well, knowing what God requires of you is one aspect of that. But then the second part of it is this enjoying God that you described. So this is this like sitting before him and knowing him more. And so I've lately, you know, been trying to raise the question for myself is like, what is my end goal yeah. in my actions? You know, even in my reading, in my learning, is it to be smarter than everybody else? Mm-hmm. Is it to know more? Is it to be a better, you know, preacher? Is it to be a better executor of my job? What is my end goal? You know, and there's this picture that you're giving us at the, of this sitting before God and enjoying Him mm-hmm. that really, like, that is the goal, Yeah, like, is to abide in the Father. And I was telling you guys earlier, I was just thinking about Micah 6, 8 when I drive in. And, you know, my, there's this passage in chapter 6 where he lays out, you know, okay, like, does God require a burnt offering of you? You know, would would 10,000, you know, rams please God? And it says, okay, so what does the Lord require of you? Well, to act justly, to love mercy, which is kind of this bringing glory to God aspect, um, and to walk humbly with your God. Yeah. So it's this act of walking with God that is the ultimate goal. Sometimes we say, okay, we want to sit before God because we want to go out and do something, but actually the goal is just to sit before God. 
Like the goal isn't the goal yeah. isn't to sit before God to accomplish something. It's to actually enjoy and be able to sit before your heavenly Father. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's a great case for for growing in the knowledge of God. Where sometimes we try to cast that off and say, "Well, really, it matters more what you do with what you're with mm-hmm. your knowledge." Yeah, you don't have to add that in. I just no, I I, I think that's true. I mean, in fact, um, it reflects one of the things that Jesus says, where he says salvation is knowing God. Like mm-hmm. it's salvation, mm-hmm. and, and 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 again, there's there's a difference there between knowing things about God and then knowing God and things like that. Right. Um, but you have to know the things about God <laughs> to really know Him too. I mean, the, they work together. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a there's a case there for that, um, where we should not. Uh, ignore the idea of of studying scripture, uh, mm-hmm. uh, of studying theology, reading books on theology, things mm-hmm. like that. All, all those things I think are important, but we should never lose sight of the of the end goal. That the end goal is really to just to know God. Mm-hmm. Well, and because and, and I think I think where we mix it up is we are living beings. Yeah. Like so, I think we give this picture sometimes that like I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my Bible. I'm reading, I'm studying. Okay, now when I back away, I'm going to do something totally different. Yeah. And it's like that's 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 just that's not the picture that God gives us. You yeah. know, it's love the Lord your God, love your neighbor. You know, they're they're an extension, you know, of the same command. And so what God requires of you, it's like to abide in him, sit before him, enjoy him. That is your ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. But you're going to interact with other people. And so I think what we see is sometimes we see people on both extremes, people that don't love people well but they really love to study. Yeah. And then sometimes we pe- see people that they really, really desire to love people well, but their direction isn't from God. It's from even just trying to make much of themselves, right. you know, if you really get down to it. Right, or pleasing people. Yeah, or <laughs> pleasing everybody around them. They yeah. want everybody to like them. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I would say, I would add one more thing to this of missing God's purpose could actually be because of the fear of man, where Scott was talking about yes. that, right. about how we're not going to walk in the works that God planned in advance for us to do because we're afraid of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that to be a pitfall often. Well, isn't it Absolutely. Act, isn't it, it's the middle of Acts, I believe, and tell me if I'm wrong. It could be one of the Gospels. I think it's the middle of Acts... Uh, maybe like chapter six or something like that, where um, the 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 passage describes it's like they believed. No, no, it's a gospel. Okay, so they believed they knew Jesus, uh-huh. and it says, but because of the fear of man, they chose not to follow him. Mm-hmm. That it's like it's like they actually thought that Jesus was God. Yeah, but because they were fearful of the men around them, they didn't follow him. Right. Right. right, like what a what a what a wild thing we would think. Like how that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like this is literally the Bible. Yeah, but it's like, but people do that, right? Like we know people that they actually actively probably think that God is Lord or Jesus is Lord is Lord, and there's a God of the universe, but they're actually saying no. Exactly. I so, don't care. So it's turning away from the idea of 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 turning away from giving your life to the Lord and glorifying the Lord with everything in your life, um, it's turning away from that because of these fears. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, in some ways, that leads into the second uh, thing that Scott said, that that when we try to please people, that we actually make God small. It's, it's uh, The way that he put it is that it's putting other people in the place of God in our life. 
kind of elevating them to that place of God. And I started thinking about this with, um, you know, some. what are some practical examples of this? Because some people may want to, you know, we do that with celebrities. We might do that with our boss, right? We might do that with clients. We might do that with, um, you know, other people that we really know and respect and things like that. But um, but where I think it gets really interesting is when we when when we start to talk about this with our spouse mm-hmm. or with our kids uh, and our families, um, like shouldn't we love them? Shouldn't we put them first? Shouldn't they be, you know, shouldn't they be way up at the top? Um, why why is it that we should have God first? And how does putting God first help us to love? those people that we want to love the most. And so yeah, and I think I think that a, a really practical example of this is is in our marriage. So so a marriage is something that is temporary, you know, it's something that is a it's a relationship that we have here on earth and it ends at death. But while we're here on earth, the the marriage has a um this way of of sanctifying us. And leading us towards towards God in a, in, a, in a lot of different ways. Um, one of the ways that I think that we see this is is that you know if we start to put our even our spouse in the place of God, that ultimately that's going to cause problems in the marriage. It's going mm-hmm. to strain the marriage in a way because you may be elevating your spouse to a place that they don't deserve. They're, you're elevating them to a, to putting them on a pedestal where the expectations that you have of them, they're not going to, going to be able to meet that. Mm-hmm. And so, so at, at the end of the day, that whole pedestal comes crashing down because they will fail you, you know, yeah. they're, they're, you know and, and, that's, and that's a problem. Now, if we put God first in the relationship and say, all right, my, you know, the goal of my marriage relationship is not to, uh, not to just you know, do everything I can to, to please my spouse, but the goal of my marriage relationship is to please God mm-hmm. first and foremost. It's putting God in the proper place, and then that becomes the, the the outworking of that becomes how that then transforms you, so that then you're you're serving your spouse and you're caring for your spouse out of that love for the Lord, right. who will yeah. never let you down. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that what we're what we're gleaning from this is you know Proverbs, Proverbs is a wisdom literature. So we're getting wisdom for how to walk in a broken world. And mm-hmm, so we're mm-hmm. we're in this series talking about relationships. And so far we've been talking about how to, to form good relationships. And now we're looking at a piece of what it looks like to mar relationships and to pervert them and to elevate people to the wrong place. Um, and so there's wisdom in God's word and how we can um, avoid that. Because as it's saying here is it's a snare it comes up all the time right. in any relationship, whether it be marriage, kids, um, mm-hmm. and like you've been saying, um, you know, work, anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think we all do this on some mm-hmm. level. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we even though we don't recognize it sometimes, we all elevate people into that place. Um, and so it's 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 sort of I think part of the sanctification process, the the growing mm-hmm. process, is being able to recognize when we do that, mm-hmm. and then to put God back, to repent of that, and put God back in the proper right. place. Yeah, you just said something that was really really good. Before I say, it, I want to say the passage I was referencing earlier is uh, John chapter twelve, okay. verse forty two. So okay. it's in reference to it. the Pharisees. Just so you, anybody that's curious, that's what it was. But you know what is godly wisdom? And we talked about that a little bit. But what is 
Proverbs in relation to that. You know, we're not, we can give here as we sit around and talk, we can talk about examples in which we see this play out Mm -hmm. in people's lives. But what we're talking about today is truth. You know, it's wisdom that's given to us from God. So it's not wisdom by practice. It's not, you know, wisdom that we've learned over time. It is God saying that as you interact, as you said, Ariel, in this broken world, here is wisdom that you need to recognize. Yeah. Is that you need to fear the Lord and you need to not fear man. <laughs> you right. know, it's like like God, like we're getting those words mm-hmm. um, given to us because they do help us navigate those you know, relationships. So we can sit here and we can keep giving examples, which is which is good and it's helpful because we've seen these things play out in our own lives. But really it's like we're speaking that like we're not trying to convince you that this is good wisdom. We're we're all sitting here saying that like this is the wisdom that's given to us by God. Exactly. And how we interact in this world. So I just wanted to make mention of that because it's like that's what Proverbs is. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just like here's some good ideas, you know, that'll maybe help you. But absolutely. Yeah, I think it's really important. And I think the reason that he gives us this in his word is so that number three Mm -hmm. does not happen or is Mm -hmm. minimal. Which is which is Becoming exhausted, yeah. being burnt yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think we do that over and over again. We 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 try to please people, and I think what happens is is at the end of the day, as we try to please people, we find that we have to outdo ourselves over and over again. Now Scott's even talked about this in his own life um, yeah. from the pulpit about how he used to try to please the church, and he thought that if you know if only I I just had a bigger church then I'd be successful, then I'd be happy or, or whatever. And so, so what he would find himself doing is that week after week, he, he found this stress, this pressure of having to outdo himself to do something that was bigger, better, a, a mm-hmm. bigger spectacle mm-hmm. so that more people would come and then more people would come to faith in Christ. And what he found was is that he was actually putting the church in the place of God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what, what a... If you ever get a chance to talk with him about it, he's got such a cool story around it, how he really repented of that and turned to, I need to put God first in um, in the way that I'm leading the church. Well, I really like the reference to the text he used here, and yeah. this is contextual in some sense, but it says, for the kingdom of God is Romans 14, 17. It right. says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's just this perspective we have, even kind of to go full circle that, you know, oh, like I've mentioned it a lot, but the cheeseburger that I'm eating really matters, you know, where it's like, no, like, like really what matters is, you know, seeking righteousness, like sitting in the peace and the joy of the Holy Spirit, sitting before God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it all becomes about, you know, your relationship with God becomes about your decision making, which ultimately is driven by your people pleasing or accomplishing your own self-centered desires, like it does become about all the small decisions. Mm-hmm. But really when it comes about, okay, how can I sit before God? Mm-hmm. How can I lead my family to sit before God? Mm-hmm. How can we seek the wisdom that God's given to us, you know, and not fall into the traps of worldly wisdom? Yeah. When it becomes about those things, it's like then you experience the peace and the joy that God's offering to you. Um, but it's not even about accomplishing the peace and the joy. It's like that's just a byproduct mm-hmm. exactly. of sitting before God. Exactly. Well, we've talked about how... Um, we, as before the podcast, talked about how we can't please God on our own. We just mm-hmm. can't. And so that is part of what exhausts us is that we think, okay, if I try harder, I'm going to get there. I'm going to yeah. find the goal. Um, but it's actually that we see in Scripture the power of the Spirit working in us 
to will and to work for God's good pleasure. And so that's where we find the power to live according to his word and according to his precepts is to be powered by the Holy Spirit. And then if you know the song of the fruits of the Spirit, all of that comes out through us, and then we're filled with joy and peace. And those are Mm -hmm. the things that fuel us and keep us from burning out. Yeah. I think it's a really important concept, and we should probably take a moment just to unpack that somewhat, because this may be new for some people who are hearing this. The idea that it's not really us that's working to do the good work. So so, so Ephesians 2.10, right, says that God has these uh, it says uh, that God has these good works that he has planned out for us mm-hmm. to do. Okay, so God's planned out those good works. But then on the back end of that, he also empowers us to be able to do that. So so the first step, in I, I think, in all this is recognizing we actually don't have the power <laughs> to right. do the good works that right. God has planned for us. Help us understand that. Let's just talk about that piece of it first. Help us understand the idea that, you know, we don't really have the power to please God Um on our own. Is it that Romans passage that says you cannot, indeed you cannot. Exactly, okay. yeah. 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 Let's Roman, flip there. Romans 8, uh, verse 6 through 8. Um, so this is what it says. It says, For to set the mind on the flesh mm-hmm. is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Right. And so, um, and I think a parallel passage is um, Hebrews eleven six. It says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please mm-hmm. God." Mm-hmm. So, so you have those, those that idea of, and we, we talked about this on the podcast before, but but that we can't on our own. We we can't do anything to 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 please God. We might mm-hmm. do something that's good. But without faith, it actually does not bring glory to God. It doesn't please mm-hmm. Him at all. And where do we get faith? Where do we get faith? Yeah, the Spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is it's an interesting. This is an interesting thing because I yeah. think we see in Scripture over and over again that faith is something that is, uh, and we talked about this on the podcast too. Mm-hmm. But but faith is something that has been given to us by God, and He He, he gives it to us in measure. Yep. Um, and so, which is which is an interesting concept that you know some mm-hmm. people have more faith than others, and for some reason God uh, gives faith in that, those different amounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, but it only takes that little bit for salvation, but 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 for some reason, mm-hmm. some people have more than others. and For a purpose that he knows. Yeah. And that's well, great. I think and, that's neat. Yeah, and I think, I think the fleshly desire of people pleasing is kind of what we're talking about, but mm-hmm. I think this is why we can't... Thanks for centering us again. I do well, appreciate it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking, you know, trying to go back to the very beginning of what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, what, what you're saying is that outside of Christ, there's not a desire to even, um, to even do rightly, exactly. to go one step right. farther back. But then we're saying in Christ, we're given the desire to do rightly, but we're also walking alongside um, the Holy Spirit who is helping us do rightly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what you're saying. So I want to go one step back. Yeah. And this is why um, when you look at worldly wisdom, um, it is a constant blame game and people pleasing. Mm-hmm. So it is, It is. I mean, you look at our world today and you can flip between whatever news station you want. It is one news station telling you why it is someone else's fault that there's a problem, mm-hmm. and them telling you why they're doing the right thing for you. Mm-hmm. And then you flip to the other one, and it's vice versa. Right now, I'm not. I'm not. I there are there are Christians in news. I am. I'm not saying that that's not true, but there is this worldly desire of saying that 
people pleasing means that I need to do the right thing for you. I need to earn your trust and everybody else, if there's a problem, it's their fault. It's not mine. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of the fleshly desire that's outside of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, like sometimes what's the easiest way for you to get somebody around you to like you is to talk badly about the other people that they already like more than you. Sure. You know, sure. It, it, like it really is, is like to earn their trust. The fastest way to do that is to say like, Hey, what so do we have so in like, common? Oh, we just don't like that person. Yeah, yeah. you know, and <laughs> yeah. so so like that's the beginning phase. But what we're talking about here is that in Christ there is this desire to do rightly. Um, but how do we even accomplish that? Mm-hmm. And it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Let's look at a couple passages that help us to see not so first, like we said, we we've seen that we can't when we are uh not in Christ, we can't do anything to please God. But then how does God help us? to then please him. Uh, why, why is this not something that we just have to muster up on our own, but why is it something that we can rely on the Holy Spirit to help us to do? So Ariel wrote this pretty awesome blog oh. that she's going to... Do you, you know, not want the blog my, up there? Well, it's my one and only blog post so far on our on our website. Hey, one, one hit wonder, <laughs> you know? And, and it's titled, How Do I, How Do I Obey? And um, basically two points. First, you realize you can't. And um, and we've already talked about that that we that we when we're in the flesh are not walking according to God's law. Indeed, we can't we can't without the power of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's Hebrews thirteen twenty and twenty one. It says, "Now may the peace, or I'm sorry, may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great Shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do His will." working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we find that it is God who equips us. Um, but how do we figure that out? Well, um, in in the post, I just went on to say that it's in God's word. Um, yeah. Abide, 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 abide. Yes, yes. It's like what, like switch your end goal. I mean, not, not to not to like simplify it, but it's like, what are you trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Like, are you are you saying I want to be a better father, so I want to read scripture more? Are you saying I want to be a better husband, so I can read scripture more? Yeah. I want to be more God honoring in my business. All of those things are really really good, mm-hmm. but all of those things are accomplished by sitting before the Father. Yeah, you know, and I think I said this in last week's pod t- podcast, but it's like there's this we want to see this change, but it's like the change is really a byproduct of sitting before God and enjoying Him, yeah. you know, and learning about Him and sitting in His Word and learning His wisdom. But it's not just wisdom so that I go do action, it's wisdom so I sit before God and I enjoy Him. So mm-hmm. I, I think, I think you know, what, what you wrote there makes a lot of sense, because it's like, and that's where we find peace. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know what? Um, we are still called to be doers of the word. Yeah, too, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Because um, we need to round that out and find a good balance between what God is w- working in us to partner with the Holy Spirit in sanctification. Um, but I just thought that, you know, going back to the word, when you can see what God has already done in history, then you can see what he's doing. It kind of predicts what is going to happen. Um, and that makes it so important for us to to read what he's already done to understand his will for us mm-hmm. um, and how he's going to c- carry it out to completion. Yeah, I think that's a really good note, Ariel. I, I mean, uh, look, back to that Romans passage, it's mm-hmm. like obviously we do eat and we do drink. Yeah. So the passage isn't saying that, well, in Christ we don't do those things because obviously you do or you would die. Right, right. You know, so there is this, there are these actions in our life that we have to do. 
but I think they're driven out of overflow from the abiding in Christ. Mm-hmm. So, so sitting before God is what helps us drive those things, but it's not even about necessarily accomplishing those things as much as it is in growing in our knowledge of God. Yeah. I think you just see this. Like, you know, um, we, we were talking about marriage earlier, and I know we were kind of referencing Tim Keller's, you know, book. Um, yeah, so that's uh, just a side note. Great, if you're looking at marriage stuff, check out mm-hmm. Tim Keller's book, Meaning of Marriage. Um, it it t- unpacks a lot of that stuff that we talked about. Mm-hmm. So. And Tim Keller is one of those guys that, I, I mean, I don't want to put him on a pedestal. Right. You know, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to make him God in this conversation. But you know, we're talking about Tim Keller recently found out he has pancreatic cancer. Right. You know, within right. the last right. couple of days, his response is Ugh. just so outside of people pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he always has been that yeah. way. I mean, I remember being a 20 year old kid sitting in a you know ma- a, a packed college classroom at a campus crusade event where you're watching this old bald man wearing a suit. Not trying to do anything to please you, not entertaining, not with a voice that you're like is like flows well or anything. And you're like, but he's what I'm seeing from him is an operation out of the overflow of his relationship with the father. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I'm experiencing. Um, and I'm learning truth from that because he's presenting godly wisdom to me because it's founded on God's word. It's not founded on trying to please who he's talking to. It's not. So, you know, and, and, and man, and that dude ministers in a culture that is filled with people pleasing, right? you know, right. in the middle of New York yeah. City. New York yeah. City. And like, like, yeah. and, and even his clientele is the, you know, the people that are the experts yeah. in the world. Not to say philosophy. it isn't here too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. We all do that. But, but you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, I just think, I Absolutely. just think there's a, as we as we say that there is this like acting and doing and God wants to work through us and God does has works planned for our life so it's not like God just has us read and says read 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 die right you know and it's not like we read and then we disappear and then we go live differently right yeah but it's like in the process of living you know we should see our relationships as abiding before God sitting yeah. before him learning from him and then interacting in our relationships because yeah. that means that God is our you know, our number one, you know, yeah. that we're seeking. Yeah. So let's let's get uh, kind of on the ground level. If, if for the people who are listening right now and they're like, okay, man, I'm bought in. I, I, I totally get it. Um, I want to get out of this idea of people pleasing. I feel like I've made other people an idol in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, what are what are the what's the thing that 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 they need to like when you're talking about abide, reading scripture, things like that. Mm-hmm. How does that actually play out? Like. Like, because they're probably sitting there wondering, okay, what do I do? Like, you yeah. know, yeah. or is there something to do? Get him Bible lady. Well, I was just going to say, first of all, you're in great company because I can't Absolutely. tell you a person's name who doesn't struggle with this right. on the daily. Yeah. And if they say they don't, they haven't really reflected. Mm. <laughs> um, but I, I would say that if we're going aside from God's word, which we've already addressed, I would say the next thing we need to do is go to God in prayer and ask um, ask, ask, ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I, you f- catch yourself in those relationships where you feel like you have elevated someone into a place where it's unhealthy and you've changed that relationship to be something other than what it was designed to be, um, to remember that Christ is first and to just pray and ask for him to, um, to guide you in your steps of working out that relationship with that person. Yeah, I think it's good. I, yeah. you know, and I'd say even before that, um, it's recognizing too that Christ died for that. Yes. Yeah. Like like the 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 
the idolatry of what is going on there and people pleasing is is part of what Jesus bled for. Yeah. And you know, I think that we can come back to that in recognition that um and really just reminding ourselves that this has been paid for mm-hmm. and we are forgiven. Um we were forgiven then, you know, yeah. uh, 2000 yeah. years ago mm-hmm. on the cross and we can trust that. And so um you know, one, one one of the biggest things I think is 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 knowing that you now have freedom from that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you are in Christ, you are no longer a slave to that sin yeah. of people pleasing. You are no longer that type of person. You're not. You're a new creation, and that you being made new, having been made new, and yes, we still are wrestling with the flesh, yeah. w- mm-hmm. w- of course. But you know what? That's just not who you are anymore. You're not a people pleaser anymore. And I think what you described is, if I were to answer that question, there's a, you need to operate with a clear understanding of your relationships. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, I want to say this kind of gently, but it's, you know, your relationships with, you know, your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's um, what are you trying to accomplish in those relationships? And I'm not saying this means don't go have fun together and don't things do things like that. But what it, like evaluate what does your time look like? You know, I remember, you know, being younger in high school and it was like, we would call it fellowship, but it was really just sitting around playing video games for hours and having no (laughs) real fruitful conversations, you know? And it was like, okay, how is that time, you know, about growing in our knowledge of God um, and serving one another? Because it really wasn't, it was about mutual enjoyment of each other, Yeah. you Mm -hmm. know? And so how do you shift that relationship? But then I think then this is where it needs to be gentle. It's um, how do you understand your relationships with those outside of Christ? Um, because, you know, what is what is your goal in your relationship? And I'm not saying it's just like get another checkbox, you know, for one in the ca- one in the you know column to join the Jesus family. But right. but what I am saying is that um, outside of Christ, your goal in relationships is going to be um, to seek mutual joy from one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to understand that. And yes, it is a worldly blessing, um, and God does, I mean, desire for us to be in relationship with one another. Um, and I mean, there's a really good book by D- Diedrich Bonhoeffer, I can't think of, um, Life, Life Together, Together. That, that does a wonderful job talking about this in every angle. Mm-hmm. You know, what is God at work when we're separated, when we're together, what does He want to do in us? Um, and relationships really, really matter. But... It's like you need to operate with a healthy understanding of what is that person trying to accomplish in the relationship with you, and what are you trying to accomplish with them? Mm-hmm. You know, how yeah. can you steer them towards Christ um, and not just make decisions that please them? Because because that is going to cause you to stumble. See, um, I like I like that perspective a lot because I think that what it does is it recognizes that that other person that you're in relationship with is not God. Right. Yeah. It's right. recognizing that 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 God is actually in His proper place and that we are. Uh, on equal ground with one another, that we're all mm-hmm. sinners that are saved by grace, and while God has blessed us with one another, you know, God has blessed us with one another so that we could encourage each other and strengthen each other and, uh-huh. and grow each other. But it's not raising that uh, other people up, even like Tim Keller or whoever. Yeah. We're not yeah. raising yeah. other people up to that level of above being above us. I think the healthiest relationship for us here in this life is to be walking together with a, an external love that you share, and that being God, where your eyes are both focused on Him um, and walking parallel to each other, um, and then fellowshipping in that. That's the that's, that's the best way I could describe that. 
That's good. I think you get the last word there. Yeah, that, <laughs> let's, let's end on that. That's so. Connections. <laughs> <laughs> well, church, um, I hope this has been encouraging for you today. Um, just, just, just walking through this and being reminded of the grace that the Lord has given us. Um, and, and we want to uh, let you know too, again, we are always here to, uh, to talk with you, to mm-hmm. encourage you. Um, uh, to help to connect you into the different things that we're doing here at Stones Crossing Church. So please reach out to us anytime. All our information's on the website. So have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Sunday Recap. <laughs>